Hey, hey, you're listening to Keeping Track. My name is Dave Hackett and welcome to today's show. I am delighted to welcome my first guest ever on Keeping Track. Today I have Frank O'Connor, one of the main driving forces behind the campaign against dereliction in Ireland. Frank is going to speak to us about what it is he does alongside his partner Jude Sherry and Frank is also going to play some tracks that have inspired him on his life journey in activism. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Dave. Uh, it's great to be here and... Uh Great to meet you and stuff. I'm delighted you came on. Thanks a million. I'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to play as well. Okay, do you want to tell us about your first choice? Yeah, so my first song I'd like to play is Is This the World We Created by Queen? And the reason I chose that track, it was, it's then, my first album was The Works, which this track was in. It was from my sister Eileen. Uh, it was back in the early to mid 80s. And this song really stood out for me uh, because it's about looking at the world around us and questioning it and questioning our role within in the world and our responsibilities. And for me, I suppose, it, this track became that early foundation for my, my career in activism. Brilliant. OK, so this is uh, Queen, Is This the World We Created? was Queen Is This The World We Created and that was chosen by Frank O'Connor my guest this morning Frank is from Derelict Ireland so Frank for anyone who doesn't know who you are can you tell us briefly how you became involved in Derelict Ireland yeah um, so basically uh, myself and my partner uh, lived away for a good few decades and um, we moved back to Cork just over four years ago and when we came back um, we fell in love with the city and we're not from here originally but we fell in love with the city particularly the friendliness of the people um, the friendliness of the Cork people is amazing but we were really shocked by the levels of um, dereliction and vacancy and as well as the housing crisis and the homeless crisis 
and the decaying heritage. It was those five things really struck us. Uh, and so um, we started doing research from the first day we arrived because we work as kind of basically designers, sustainability kind of strategy all over the world and kind of issues to do with products and urban environments. So we started doing research from day one, started taking photographs, chatting to people, and basically continued doing that for about a year and a half, researching the different areas, and we decided that dereliction was something we should really focus on. It was something that had become normalised in Ireland. People were just accepting it as, as something that was normal in their street, in their town, in their village. And Jude and I just couldn't accept that. Our work is very much about challenging cultural norms. So we basically challenge cultural norms and we look at, I suppose, really the alternative, you know. And, and for us, their elections should not be acceptable. They shouldn't be normalised. Um, and it really was destroying our towns, destroying our communities, taking away homes from people who needed them and also taking away creative spaces as well. So on the 24th of June 2020, we finally decided, I suppose, a way forward where we started a Twitter thread and for the next year, we shared one property or two properties per day, all within two kilometres of Cork City Centre. So over the next year, I suppose, really, that whole derelict Ireland started to evolve from that. But we really wanted to shine a light and say, this is not normal and we need to change it. And we also wanted to say there are other possibilities. We'd come from Amsterdam. Amsterdam had a huge dereliction issue back in the uh, 70s and 80s. Mm. And um, the Dutch had gone out on the streets Young kids, elderly, the whole lot had gone out in the streets over and over again and said, look, this is not acceptable. And they kept doing it until the authorities said, look, let's change things. And if anyone's been to Amsterdam the last few years will see that it's a thriving city that has a lovely mix of, you know, there's over 50% social housing. Um, It's very livable. It's safe. But also they've managed to bring back their heritage. And I think people don't realise the value of heritage. I mean, Cork City is an amazing city in terms of heritage, but sadly we're losing so much. So for us, really, it was basically start a campaign, wrote a report called This is Derelict Ireland. Jew took the lead in that in terms of data. We analysed data for 340 properties in Cork City. First time ever anyone had ever done this. Um, so gone into detail, Jude went through all the publicly available data and we produced together a report called This is Derelict Ireland, which was launched in March 2021. That really sort of took the campaign outside of Cork across the country. We started travelling across the country, taking photographs, meeting people, and likewise groups that are set up right across Ireland, from Limerick to Drada to Sligo to Kerry, um, Galway, right across. People, other groups that are set up, self-organising, uh, decentralised. Everyone sort of just took the initiative and said, look, we also don't accept this. Let's challenge this. So with that, we basically... Um, I suppose uh, lots of media attention. Obviously, that grew over the, the first year or so. And then we started doing festivals as well. So our first festival was in partnership with CATU, uh, the Tenants Union in the Cork branch. And we worked together to uh, do a festival in Cork in September 2021, which was very successful. But it was, about, it was more than just protesting. It was about culture. We wanted people in Cork and whoever joined us to, to see what the city could offer the potential of the city uh, and to realise that we're losing so much. So that, that tour, which Jude led the, the guiding of the tour and I kind of directed the, the overall festival, Jude led the guided tour, 70 properties we took in going through the city centre from the north side down to the south side. And um, huge turnout, uh, brilliant response. We had artists, musicians, a load of people playing with us and it was amazing because it was very much about celebrating, really. I know it was shining a light and challenging but it was saying, look, this is what we have, guys. Let's not lose it. The festival then was taken to, to, to um, Dublin the following month. We collaborated with Reclaim More Spaces in Catu uh, in Dublin. And uh, 
Limerick the following year and then Drawter. There was a big festival in Drawter back in August of, of last year, which was um, around the t- uh, similar themes, but also very much focused on, on that community side as well. So, so it's kind of basically grown and grown, but things are changing. I mean, there is a huge change in the last couple of years. It shows to us that people have that power to change things. We just need to basically work together and not accept cultural status, the status quo, you know. And uh, derelict Ireland is far more than just derelict properties. It's about how we live. It's how we treat each other. It's about how we respect our built environment. And for us, it's about cultural change. So there is still a long way to go, but we are so pleased that things are you know, it's. I suppose I would suggest it's not. It's not as normalised anymore. People are beginning to question it, and that's what we wanted: to question it, to challenge it, and also when people start seeing properties come back to life, to say, you know, you can imagine if everyone from an eight to an eight-year-old could live in our urban environments, in our city and town centres, people living over shops, you know, heritage restored, fam- kids playing in the streets. It is possible. We've lived in Amsterdam. That's what was there. We can have it in Cork. And like I said, Cork is a unique city. There's no city in Ireland but the same range of built heritage dating back hundreds and hundreds of years with so many influences. And I think people in Cork love their city. Mm. They love it. They're always on about how much they love it. But I think they don't realise that we're losing so much of it and we'll lose a lot more unless we all work together, speak up and demand change, you know. So my next track is from Bob Marley. It's someone I suppose I've listened to all my life and the reason I chose this track is to do with um, I suppose really the need for social justice and equality and I think this track really displays that that need for us to to reach out and be be nice to everyone really so it's called Dim Belly Full But We Hungry Excellent Music, we're chucking. 
Dembele Fool but We Hungry by Bob Marley and the Whalers and that was chosen by Frank O'Connor my guest this morning from Derelict Ireland Why do you think Derelict became so normalised in Ireland? It's been around since the foundation of the state you know and that in Ireland we have a, I suppose a strange relationship with property you know it's sort of something that you can't talk about someone's private property and you know and I think there's that going on there was obviously things like the crash uh, there's a lot of people uh, unfortunately just hanging out the property just as a, see it as an asset or investment rather than like a house should be someone's home not some investment for someone to make money in the long term um, but I think it's a whole load of issues really but I suppose one of the things that's become normalised is that uh, people basically um, didn't want to question it I suppose questioning someone on a private property basis is, is, that conversation is tricky in Ireland and I think people forget that the constitution actually does protect the right to property in certain situations when there's a real need and I think no one can argue that the need isn't there in the last few years we should have no one in Ireland dying on our streets without a home. Everyone deserves a home. And I think we have the homes. And uh, that normalisation, cultural issues, I suppose, greed and profit. And then there are genuine cases. There are, of course. But you, when you put them all together, at the moment in Ireland, there's over 20,000. There's probably a lot more, but over 20,000 derelict homes. And there's over 160,000 vacant homes. You know, these are not holiday homes. These are holiday homes are separate again. Mm. So in a country with over 180,000 homes that could be providing somewhere safe, secure for a family, for individuals, whatever. Like we have kids who pass our house every day where Jude and I live in, in Shandon Blackpool and um, they pass our house every day coming from a hotel in a temporary hotel accommodation, passing derelict and vacant houses on the way to school. Yep. And they don't have facilities to cook proper meals and they have to go to school to get lots of support for that way. That is just criminal and it's a breakdown of the social contract. And for us, that's like it's become normalised. But I suppose we are in times where housing, the demand is more than ever. And um, yeah, it's about just, I suppose, ripping up that and saying, look, look, let's provide homes for everyone. You can imagine if everyone had a home, everyone had somewhere to create and to play you know, what a wonderful country this would be, you know, and we, we can do it. Do you want to talk about your next track? Yeah, great. Um, so my next track is from Aslan and uh, I suppose I have a huge time for Christy Digham um, and um, basically I've been sort of, I suppose, watching or going to Aslan gigs for all, all my life and I was fortunate enough to have chats with Christy over the years back in uh, the Highland market and stuff. So uh, this song is... Very much, I suppose, I feel this song is, could be about any of us and I definitely feel very close to it. It's called Crazy World. It's all right 
was Aslan with Crazy World. I'm talking to Frank O'Connor from Derelict Ireland. Is dereliction profitable? It is. I mean, that's the thing. With the report, when Jude went through all the data, publicly available data, a lot of what we got from people was what we call the midst of dereliction. So people were, I suppose we had a lot of negative feedback as well, obviously as you do, but that's part of the process. You learn from that and we appreciate people's comments, even though you don't agree with it, you still want to hear them because that gives you their perspective. But there was a lot of comments, it's too expensive to do up properties and also you can't make money in dereliction, what are you on about? So due to the data research that she did, she went through a lot of properties that had been hoarded for numbers of years. She looked at what they originally bought for how much money they made every year and a very small house in the terrace was making 20000 a year. So like, you know, so like in this particular period she looked at, so it's like, you know, that's not always going to be the case. Of course, it depends on the location. And they say things, I suppose, one of the things, I suppose, about the profit, if you look at the dereliction somewhere like Cork City, it's not the suburbs, it's the city centre. You know, you know, it's, uh, it is profitable to hoard in the city centre and to speculate around it. And um, I suppose that is, is a challenge in terms of tackling it. Yeah, and on that then, there is a perception, I've heard it a few times, that, the people who make decisions on Cork City in the centre who 
own a lot of the properties in the city. They don't live here. That's what we found, you know. Well, I, mean, I suppose what we found, really, to be honest, is um, a lot of people, like exactly what you said, you know, when we, Jude and I are quite geeky about this, okay, we're intense, this self-funded, it's taken over our lives. Mm. But like, you know, we just couldn't do anything else. People have a home, like, we just didn't feel comfortable, you know. But like, going back to that, we started going to the, uh, council meetings as well and uh, when we got here first going to the city city council we were used to working with governments internationally yes used to working with irish type councils so we used to go along to the meetings and that exactly people who were speaking talking about the city didn't know anything about the city center yeah yeah and you're like well hang on a second we live here i mean they, they go on with consultations and I, like i said you know in the day people are there's a lot of stress and with jobs and stuff but I think that lack of understanding, if you're not living here, you don't know what it's like to walk around the streets at night time with derelict buildings, with crumbling. It draws a lot of antisocial behaviour and it just doesn't look well. And I think for me, something's always struck me that everyone's entitled to beauty in their lives. And Cork City has the potential to be beautiful. But if it was re- restored, given some love, it could be so beautiful. And again, that will raise people's mental health, well-being and stuff as well. So next song is a song originally from the Counting Crows, but I'm going to take the Johnny Mitchell version. Uh, it's called Big Yellow Taxi. And I suppose really it represents so much about derelict Ireland, about how we're destroying so much of our precious heritage and living. And it's just in the long term we're going to suffer. So Big Yellow Taxi. This is Johnny Mitchell's tune, isn't it? I, I looked it up and it said Counting Crows. I think the is internet... It? Right. Uh, sent you wrong because I was Frank, a bit surprised don't myself. believe the net yeah I was a bit surprised yeah <laughs> yeah no it's not theirs at all I was trying to be I, I, had, to, to I, had, to, I had to correct that one yeah. I'm not giving any credit to the coaching clothes <laughs> go on great <laughs>
That was definitely not the Counting Crows. That was uh, Johnny Mitchell with a big yellow taxi. Because it's become normalised, maybe we're not aware of it, but how does dereliction affect our community? Oh, it's, you know, I suppose we live in a street, you know, where um, there is quite a few derelict houses as it happens. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, kids passing every day. I mean, maybe, not, not, you know, it affects that in terms of, you know, it's not visually very good, obviously. It attracts antisocial behaviour. It attacks vermin. You know, it basically, uh, I suppose, makes the street less safe. It's, uh, you're just often destroying heritage, you know, materials that are quite, you know, priceless in many ways. Cork, for example, has... Uh, the red sandstone and the white uh, limestone. I mean, we're seeing a lot of those buildings and walls and stuff in, at the moment just being demolished and thrown away. So there's that heritage value. There's a sense of place, there's security. There's obviously the environmental impact as well in terms of pollution. So it kind of affects us right across the sustainability. And the most sustainable building, I suppose, is the existing building. So, f- you know, if we restore what we have, we'll make our streets safer, more pleasant, more livable. I mean, if there, if if all the, street, the houses are occupied in the street, it brings a lot of... It's good for the local shops, local businesses. It's kind of win-win across the board. So you've been at this now three years? Yeah, well, I suppose we've been doing the research since uh, November uh, 2018. And we started the campaign in um, June 2020. So, yeah, it's quite a long time, over four years. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the first day I got back to Cork, um, and like I said, I'm quite into... So is Jude, so I started a new pad... And I started making notes the very first day I arrived back in Cork. Mm. And so, yeah, so it's kind of carried on from that. The campaign itself, since June 2020, yeah. And how far have you gone in terms of, you know, speaking to government, politicians? Have you dealt with anybody officially uh, like no, that? What we, what we've, uh, I suppose uh, we have spoken to different groups, like uh, political groups who've asked us to present to maybe their seminars or events, but we haven't approached politicians directly. In mm-hmm. fact, we haven't approached anyone. You know, basically, we've let people come to us. Um, we, we've been very strong from the start that we self-fund everything, and also we don't put any demands in the public purse. So we don't demand make demands of public service seven servants times etc and for us it's a grassroots campaign you know okay we're experiencing working with policy international but this is grassroots and it's about getting people together to call that open that perspective now in terms of politicians i suppose um no we haven't had any direct contact but like i say quite a few have contacted us and you know if they want we have taken them on some of them on uh, walks around the city Oof. that's what we do a lot i mean basically Politicians, civil servants, uh, architects, uh, heritage people, artists, creatives, whoever, you know, contact us. We'll offer a walk around if we think it's appropriate to move the conversation forward. And that walk around, we usually take different parts of the city. It's very much to show people that it's a real thing. You know, it does exist. But also that conversation is useful for us because we learn from their perspective as well. You know, and but back to, to government policy. There is a lot of policy changes which have happened over the last couple of years. You know, as an introduction of the vacancy tax, it's not high enough, but it's a start. It's definitely not high enough, but it's a start. There's the grants for dereliction. We're hearing from builders that they are actually having an impact as well. Uh, grants for vacancy and dereliction. There is um, more money coming to council now. It's just been announced in the latest. that there was a strategy released on Monday. So there's a lot of policy changes. Now, Jude and I presented to the Oireachtas uh, last year or the year before last uh, a policy toolbox based on international best practice so we said look if you do these different aspects 
it'll change and thankfully some of those things are starting to go on board but it is a slow process you've got a lot of resistance from politicians as well look it's been shown over and over again there's been brilliant investigative journalism over the last few years in Ireland that's what's been good that's been come out there's loads of other activists doing stuff and a lot of the politicians own property so that there's a vested interest in you know okay this tune definitely epitomises uh, dereliction for me what is it Frank? Absolutely. It's from a band that I suppose I'm a fan of all my life, The Specials, and uh, particularly Terry Hall. And it's called Ghost Town, and yeah, it's derelict Ireland, true and true. It's also the national anthem. Absolutely. <laughs>
was the specials with Ghost Town, uh, chosen by Frank O'Connor from Derelict Ireland. You hear a lot, especially with the housing crisis and dereliction, that there's a lack of will from the government, from the politicians. Um, now you're saying there is funding coming, there are grants, but then I was going to ask you again, is that one of the myths that politicians own a lot of? Properties. No, it seems the data they do own quite a lot of properties, okay. and we've seen that over and over again. I mean, um, and um, I think it's best. I mean, personally, I don't think politicians should be owning lots of property. Hmm. I just don't think it makes sense. How can you make fair judgments? You know, how can you be true and ethical when you're decision making? You know, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So there is that element to it, but there is definitely a huge cultural resistance in Ireland. And I suppose cultural change is something that I've been passionately pursuing for all my career. How do you change people's mindsets? And I suppose we've chosen a grassroots approach, a kind of a community-led, putting the community first, you know. And around that, like I said, other people have, like, we've been delighted with the groups across Ireland sharing stuff. And there's been, like, lots of artists, there's people doing model-making, there's bands releasing songs, there's loads of stuff happening around it. That So it's a real movement now. And I think for us, that's been the key to it. You know, we could have said, okay, June and I could have used our international expertise to go, try and tackle it and chat to the politicians directly. But no, we felt community-led grassroots, that was the way forward. And for us, looking at best practice in places like Amsterdam, that's what happened. But in Ireland, we are kind of afraid to, to, to challenge things. We're very afraid to challenge things. We're afraid to stand out from the crowd and uh, I've I've been happy to do all my life. To be honest, it doesn't bother me being being alone. It's I'm, I'm comfortable with that. If no one agrees with me, I'll still go just stay true to my values. So we really want more people to come out and s- basically say this isn't good enough, and we should all have our towns and cities back back to life. On that, how I became aware of you, Frank, is through the David Mac Williams podcast you did. I think back in 2021. Yeah, 20, yeah, I think. yeah. Or, or was it last year? No, yeah, autumn 2021. Yeah, yeah, and. It was a real eye-opener. And after that podcast, I knew about, I knew there was a lot of dereliction in the city. But after that podcast, all I could see for a while was all yeah. the, amount of, was the amount of dereliction. And particularly in the city centre, if you look up, there's nothing happening above yeah. the shop fronts. It seems like there's nothing happening, you know? Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's it. And I suppose that's one of the big feedback we've got is that people are looking up. And, and I mean, that's great for us. You know, once you start looking, once you start noticing, then you over time it'll start internalise yeah. and you'll start finding your voice. Next up, we yeah. have uh, Woody Guthrie, and uh, we have This Land is Your Land, and yeah, it's about basically we should be welcoming for everyone. This land is your land, and this land is my land, from the California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me As I went a-walking That ribbon of highway I saw above me That endless skyway Saw below me That golden valley This land was made for you and me my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts all around me a voice was sounding this land was made for you and me when the sun comes shining the 
when I was strolling and the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling. The voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land and this land is my land from California to the New York Island from Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters this land was made for you and me when the sun comes shining then i was strolling and the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling the voice coming chanting and the fog was lifting This land was made for you and me. Uh, that was Woody Guthrie with This Land Is Your Land, uh, chosen by Frank O'Connor. Yourself and you do this off your own back. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's totally self-funded. It's just, it's it's passion. And we basically, what happened was when we came back to Cork, like we're both creatives, uh, always working on crazy projects ourselves. And this has become our project because honestly, we wanted to get a space in Cork ourselves like a creative space it was so difficult to get a space to rent here or it's crazy mm. it's like the people don't want to rent it out to you like they ask you what school you went to I was asked what school I went to when I was trying to rent a property so what difference does that make and uh, so basically for, for me and Jude it was like we felt we had a responsibility to do something and we just weren't comfortable doing our own self-indulgent projects in many ways I know we enjoy them and there's a creative element we said we had to do something that we felt could make a difference and we didn't have a clue what we were doing to be honest that's the reality. Mm. When we started in June 20, we didn't know how long we keep going. And actually doing the tread for a year might seem easy to take your picture around the city, but it was actually quite stressful because we wanted to make sure there was no one living in the properties. So we went back over and over again. We walked Cork City so many times. We know it so well. But we had to do that to really get comfortable with it. And we didn't want to, I suppose, we realised some houses in Cork are in a bad condition, but people are living in them. And that's another issue we need to address. There's, you know, people, elderly people, people maybe with no money, whatever. So there's that element too as well. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a project that, like I said, it's grown and grown. And now that it's a movement, I suppose, and things are changing, yeah, we just want to keep with it. I mean, I just want everyone to have a home. And I want creatives and communities in Ireland to have spaces where they can build communities and they can create stuff. A lot of creative spaces have been kind of wiped from the city, you know. How, like, we're, we're, we're basically, we're here in UCC, you know. There's a probably amazing graduates going to come out this year with all kinds of disciplines. I'm hearing over and over from, I suppose, my circle, a load of those are going straight on a plane and they're leaving our country. Like, that's just insane. We should be making sure that there's a possibility that they can stay here. And I suppose, like, I know it's UCC Campus Radio, but I must say Bool House is still derelict. And Bool House, to me, is a space that we could do up and give the graduates a chance to show us and to create new businesses, businesses that are not just profit-driven, but, but have sustainability and social elements as well, because that's where Jude and I come from. And that is possible. Local businesses to bring this, the, town, uh, the city back, you know. And so there's all that going on. So these spaces, there is meanwhile use. It's, it's, it's something we wrote a, a report for the... Um, the Heritage Council and the government a year or so ago on, on meanwhile use where these buildings can be put into meanwhile use for a year, two years, five years. There's great examples of that. There has happened in Cork already. There are some good examples, but there could be a lot more. And if a building's being used and if people take responsibility for it, they can keep it maintained and then it won't decay. We've had so many crumbling buildings in Cork City the last couple of years. It's, I think we always joke about it. Jude always says it, that we should wear hard hats walking around the city. Well, particularly in North Main Street. <laughs> yeah. And like... 
we have tourists coming up to Shandon and a bus and I've recorded it quite a few times because we live by close to the Port Exchange and taking pictures of and I know it's going to be done up now but again I must say going to a private enterprise type approach rather than community it was a craft centre it was an amazing craft centre seemingly this is uh, the Butler Exchange yeah, yeah. yeah seemingly everyone told me it was amazing now they said they've consulted the local community everyone in the local I live in the local community no one came to my door yeah and same with my neighbours so this is going to a private company yeah it's going to be a tech, a tech hub tech hub okay which is going to be, yeah that's that not what you need cars yeah. we don't need more, more cars in Shandon you know it's an amazing place Shandon is just amazing that area is beautiful it, it's really is. it would stand up anywhere in the world yeah. you know it's, it's stunning next song is called Everyone Should Have a Home it's from Martin Lee um, he's basically a Cork based singer songwriter I have huge respect for Martin he goes up to Dublin every week and sings this song at the doll he's been there for now 39-40 weeks and uh, yeah basically him and other people are just doing some I suppose a lot of music and stuff around Derlick Darlin at the moment and there's actually a band actually uh, called uh, Touch Excellent who are launching their new single tomorrow at 6 o'clock on YouTube which is a band which again is inspired by some of the Derlick Ireland housing crisis their new single so a lot of good stuff happening but Martin everyone should have a home Make them richer. They see property as opportunity, a business that'll make the sickness sicker. If they build too many houses, it'll drive down the price. It's just cold economics to them. So there's no will to address it, cause it's not in their interest. We've seen it over time and time again. Everyone should have a home. Everyone should have a home. In this world, in this life, it's a basic human right to have a place you call your own Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong Everyone should have a home Housing developers that are hung up on greed and hungry vultures swooping from the sky Crucifying rents that are on the increase Shamefully they bleed the people dry See them in our towns, sign the papers and take down the boards. A home, not a hotel, a home, not a hostel, a home, not a cardboard box on the side of the road. Everyone should have a home. Everyone should have a home. In this world, in this life, it's a basic human right to have a dignified place you call your own. Everyone should have a home. Everyone should have a home. Safe and Safe and warm where 
That was Martin Leahy with Everyone Should Have a Home. Briefly, ideally, what do you think the government could do? Well, the first thing is a far more strategic approach. Um, you know, um, it's too kind of haphazard, a bit of a new measure here and there. You know, even that new document that released on Monday, yes, it's okay, but it lacks that overall vision. So for us, one of the things that could happen really quickly is to collect, enforce the dereliction law. It's, it's there since 1990. Enforce the 7% levy. You know, it's not enforced in a lot of places. You know, they, like a lot of times, consuls say they'd rather work with the owner for years and years and the owner doesn't pay any, any fine if you go into shop in Cork and if you're homeless and you for example take a bar of chocolate the law will come down on you you could end up in jail but a owner can let a property derelict for decades because we have to work with them and we've been constantly they've been called the poor owners sitting on loads of derelict properties so enforce the law yeah. then take a far more coherent approach across Ireland each of the authorities do it their own way there's too much kind of up to our own way. Get a standard approach, implement that across, enforce the law, bring in the direction levies, use that then to build teams within the local authorities, teams that actually can then go out and map the city properly, get proper data. We've no real data on Cork and all these cities. So bad in Ireland for data. Get data and from that then put a proper plan together to take the city forward. And like that could happen quite quickly. And around that then you see you could basically... Um, I suppose, take, I suppose, other ways of actually, I suppose, bringing things forward, like the vacancy tax is too small. So, you you know, there's things like compulsory sales. So we've got compulsory purchase at the moment. We could have compulsory sales. We could have compulsory rental. We could have meanwhile use. We could look at abolishing demolition. Sometimes it will have to take buildings down, but we can take them down, retain the materials, just not just knock everything. But, I mean, the sexton. I took photographs of the sexton, Pope. There's like... Pieces of furniture and the whole outside, the cuffs and the whole, they just knocked the whole lot together. Like, yeah, that, there was something very shady about this accident. I have to say, yeah. yeah. But the demolition process here, like other countries, have a, like we're in a resource global climate crisis, global resource crisis. So her, restoring derelict buildings will help with the climate. You know, a lot of our impact is tied up in the, in the buildings and the carbon within buildings. So knocking buildings is very bad for the climate, very bad for our scarce resources. We like we can't get our sandstone and limestone anymore, so we should be reusing that. Mm. So it's all about these cultural changes, but also I suppose, um, yeah. Implementing a full strategy toolbox. I know it must be hard, a hard thing to do every day, uh, putting pictures of decaying buildings up on social media. But do you find any solace in it or does it bring you any sense of fulfilment to do this? Uh, it's the community. I mean, we had to do something. So, we, yes, definitely. I mean, Jude and I were struggling. We were struggling before we started because we were getting so down, seeing like we were meeting people without a home. Like I met... Like we got friendly with a lovely guy. His name was Jimmy. He was living up the north side. He was living in a tent at the time. And he, he was, and thankfully he's got a house since. But we were meeting Jimmy every second day in the park. And then go back to our place and passing other people in the street. So, so the solace is that, uh, thankfully Jimmy's got a home now, but the solace is that what, what we're doing hopefully is making that awareness. And if one or two houses come back every week, then one or two more families have a home, you know. So there is the solace in that. But yeah, it can be a bit, we have to look after our own mental health as well, because mm. it can be quite challenging that way. But at the same time, the feeling that uh, we don't know what we're doing a lot of times, because you, you just have to react to what's going on, you know. But the fact that, people are talking about and I suppose as well for us it's the community those people across Ireland who've 
got involved and who also like and we got lovely feedback from all ages like I remember we'll say when we did a piece for the examiner a few years ago and a woman in, in her 80s rang me and she she was crying on the phone like she was basically saying she had grown up in the city and it was so much to her and she was so delighted someone was finally standing up so like when you get that kind of feedback it makes me emotional it has branched out across the country now all across the country yeah. so yeah Fantastic. and that's the thing that's the key to it it's across yeah. the country and, that's and they're all that's it exactly yeah. yeah Frank we've one more tune I just wanted to wanted to ask you one more thing and this is from the David Matt Williams podcast he said to you you know when you're campaigning when you start a campaign the first phase is open ridicule <laughs> and then the second phase is the quite nasty phase he said you know those who you are threatening are they're going to come out and do a hatchet job on you and then <laughs> you have the third phase where everybody pretends they're on your side so two years on from that podcast what phase do you think you're in now? <laughs> it's a good question, all right, yeah. I suppose you could say we are probably in each phase still because there's a bit of all that still going on. But but I think hopefully more and more people are coming on, on side now, you know. Yeah. I think it's such a visible issue and every family in Ireland has someone affected by the housing crisis. Yeah. And every family in Ireland has someone who's leaving our country when they should be able to stay. So hopefully, hopefully we're moving into the... Uh, everyone's on our side hopefully yeah yeah um, that's great I just wanted to ask how can people support you how can people yeah, get well, behind the key thing is to you know if, if this is something that means something to you to share stuff on social media on the hashtag of Derelict Ireland um, and also basically contact your councillors your TDs basically support anyone come out and protest you know basically you know call it out and and stand out and say this is not acceptable you know in whatever way possible to do that but the main thing is if you are using uh, I suppose social media and stuff to use the hashtag Derelict Ireland because the community will pick it up and they'll share it further as well you know and it's surprising if a lot of people do that it reaches a very wide audience so really just get involved I mean you're happy we're happy for you and I for people to contact us too if you have any questions you can, you can contact us as well you know Okay so if you're sharing just hashtag Derelict Ireland Very yep. hard to use the hashtag because people will find it then and they'll get it out to a wider audience Brilliant Um I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know it must be disheartening to thing to do every day to be on social media and posting the pictures of decaying buildings and stuff. But look, thanks a lot for having me on, Dave. To be honest, this is amazing. It's been great the last week or two, just going through loads of music. So I really appreciate it. I have never done this before in terms of selecting songs, and so great to think of Derelict like Darling in terms of music because we've been playing these songs. So yeah, really it's good to put a, it. good to put a song. No, no worries, yeah. and it's good to put a soundtrack to it as well. Yeah. I am absolutely delighted you're finishing with this artist. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about her? Yeah, so um, I suppose I've one of the artists I've gone to see the most often. I say really over the years is it's Patty Smith, and I suppose the, the, the godmother of punk really. Um, and the song is a song I suppose that really has been for me the foundation of a lot of what we do is that we believe people have the power to change things. That we believe that people, myself and Jews, that people can change things, and we should go out and call that for the change. The song is called "People Have the Power." <laughs>
My next song is If You Tolerate This Your Children Will Be Next by my favourite budge band The Manics. To me it's a reminder that if we don't speak up things will get worse. As it happens I lived in Wales for over 20 years and it's where activism became a big part of my life. After first come protesting on the streets in the 90s around resource and climate issues. The likes of Greenpeace and local environmental groups. And of course the Welsh have a very strong history of leading social movements.
Put front end to paper 
Jude and I opened our ongoing Derelict Ireland art exhibition at Dan's Cork and Crane with the following track, Houses. It's a powerful response to the vandalism of dereliction from the wonderful new punk pop band Touch Excellent. They're based in Dublin and you should definitely check them out. Touch Excellent! The houses are falling down all around me The houses are coming down all around me Who will be left when all we have is dust?
The next is Beaten Generation by the Daw. And to me, it captures the conditioning that is costing lives and traumatizing generations. And we really have to challenge that conditioning. When you cast your eyes upon the skylines of this once proud nation, can you sense the fear and the hatred growing in the hearts of its population? the greedy hands of politics and half-truths. The beaten generation, the beaten generation, reared on a diet of prejudice and misinformation. The beaten generation, the beaten generation, Data by the gasoline fumes and hypnotized by the satellites into believing what is good and what is right. You may be worshiping the temples of man or lost in the prisons of religion. But can you still walk back to happiness when you've nowhere left to run? The beaten generation, the beaten generation. Prejudice and misinformation The beaten generation The beaten generation Open your eyes Open your imagination They send in the special In the early 80s, as a young teenager, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to get my first London experience. We took the Flea Slattery bus there with my mom and my brother John. And when I got there, I was told sensory overload. Uh, it changed my life forever. And of course, I came back loving punk. This track is a derelict Ireland f- favourite. It's called Pretty Vacant by the Sex Pistols. 
And as it happens, he was the team for the draw at a dereliction tour. The next track is by the brilliant avant-garde punk Meryl Streak from Dublin. The song is called 796 and it's from the wonderful album of the same name. To me the song really sums up the broken social contract of Ireland and you have to check Meryl out. He's got a new album as well out this year. We 
degradation. Trauma trickles down generation excavation. Irish women tortured and shamed, enslaved by sisters of the Catholic faith. By sisters of the Catholic faith. No apology, no redress will ever undo. The state-run abuse will never be exhumed, never be exhumed. And they called our women insane, ridiculed and afflicted with blame. And they called our women insane. That cried the high heaven and getting nothing in return. Church state arrangements hidden and silenced. Hidden and silenced. We are not your I'll be your mirror from the Velvet Underground always makes me smile as I think of nine crazy but amazing years with my partner Jude uh, speaking up for what we believe in.
But if you don't let me be your eyes, a hand to your darkness, so you won't be afraid when you think the night has in your mind that inside you twisted and unkind. Let me stand to show that you are blind. Please put down your hands, 'cause I see you. Everybody knows by Leonard Cohen. It reminds me to always keep on fighting for equality and social justice. You got to keep the fight going. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows. Everybody got this broken feeling, like their father or their dog just died. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and the long stem rose. Everybody knows. Everybody knows the deal 
rotten Old black Joe still picking cotton For your ribbons and bows And everybody knows And everybody knows that the plague is coming You can't do dereliction-related tracks without the timeless version of Dirty Old Town by the Pogues, which always brings me back to the 80s in rural Ireland where I grew up. Dirty old town, dirty old town. 
smoky wind Dirty old town Dirty old town I'm gonna make me a picture back Shining still Tempered in the fire I'll chop you down Like an old Dutch train Dirty old town Dirty old town I met my love By the gasworks wall Dream the dream by the old canal I kissed my girl by the factory wall Dirty old town, dirty old town Dirty old town, dirty old town Met my love by the gasworks wall. Dream the dream by the old canal. I love the doors, and they're the only band that I ever collected all the music. People are strange reminds me of my daily life as an activist, standing up for what I believe in. And it's the only place that I want to be, but you can become quite alienated. People are strange when you're a stranger Faces look ugly when you're alone Women seem wicked when you're unwanted Streets are uneven when you're down When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange when you're strange, when you're strange People are strange, when you're a stranger Faces look ugly, when you're alone Women seem wicked, when you're unwanted Streets are uneven, when you're down
should I stay or should I go by the clash represents something Jude and I have been contemplating ever since we got back to Ireland. We love Cork City, we love this beautiful country, but like it's beyond frustration seeing a broken social contract every day and a government who simply doesn't care. Now we're still here, we're going to carry on the fight for social justice. And in fact, in this coming week, uh, we're delighted to be joining the artist Martin Lee for his 100 day of protest in front of the doll. It's on Thursday, one o'clock, and fair play to Martin for 100 days of protesting for housing for everyone. Christy Moore is an Irish legend, a man who says it as it is. And this song is a reminder of where we've been as a country and where we're going unless we change direction. It really connects me to my grandfather, Jack Dean O'Connor, who fought in the flying columns and who put freedom and community always first. The track is called Viva La Quinta Brigada. Mm-hmm. 
Ten years before I saw the light of morning A comradeship of heroes was laid From every corner of the world came sailing The 5th International Brigade They came to stand beside the Spanish people To try and stem the rising fascist tide Franco's allies were the powerful and wealthy Frank Ryan's men came from the other side Even the olives were bleeding As the battle for Madrid thundered on Truth and love against the force of evil Brotherhood against the fascist clan the Quinta Brigada The pastor and the pledge that made them fight Adelante is the cry around the hillside Let us all remember them tonight Bob Hilliard was a Church of Ireland pastor From Killarney across the Pyrenees he came from Derry came a brave young Christian brother Side by side they fought and died in Spain Tommy Woods, age 17, died in Cordoba But with the Fianna he learned to hold his gun From Dublin to the Via del Grio Where he fought and died beneath the blazing sun the Quinta Brigada The pastor and the pledge that made them fight And the land is the cry around the hillside Let us all remember them tonight Many Irishmen heard the call of Franco Joined Hitler and Mussolini too Propaganda from the pulpit and the newspapers Left O'Duffy to enlist his crew The word came from Maynooth, support the Nazis The men of cloth failed again But when the bishops blessed the blue shirts in Dunleary As they sailed beneath the swastika to Spain the Quinta Brigada The pastor and the pledge that made them fight Atlante is the cry around the hillside Let us all remember them tonight This song is a tribute to Frank Ryan Kit Conway and Dinny Cody too Peter Daly, Charlie Reagan, and Hugh Bonner. Though many died, I can but name a few. Danny Boyle, Blazer Brown, and Charlie Donnelly. Liam Thomas, and Jim Strainy from the Falls. Jack Nalty, Tommy Patton, and Frank Conroy. Jim Foley, Tony Fox, and Dick O'Neill. La Quinta Brigada 
My next track is Times They Are Changing by Bob Dylan, uh, because the times are definitely changing Derelict Ireland. It wasn't spoken about for years, but now it's something that's hard to take in, that it's a national conversation every day in Ireland. So things are definitely changing from a policy, from a culture and from a practice perspective, but then there's a lot to do still. Come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing And critics who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Was the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing Senators, congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside region Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are a-changing
drawn, the curse it is cast. The slow one now will later be fast as the present now will later be past. The order is rapidly fading, and the first one now will later be last. For the times they are changing. And to ensure everyone has a home and a place to play and create, I think we need a cultural revolution in Ireland, a shift in mindset around property. And the next song is Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chaffin. Don't you know Talking about a revolution Sounds Don't you know talking about a revolution it sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about a Gonna rise up and get their share. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there. Don't you know you better run, 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 chose Imagine by John Lennon because I'm a huge fan of his work and we always need to keep believing that a better future is possible because it most definitely is and that's something Jude and I are exploring in our current Derelict Ireland Art Exhibition at the Firkin Crane. Check it out if you're in Cork City it runs till the end of May. Thank you. 
As life evolves, we should evolve into more socially just, caring human beings. This is Him with the Big Wheel by Massive Attack. Show you sunset sometime again. 
as a child's silent friend My hope hides in disguise While satellites and cameras watch from the skies An acid drop of rain recycled from the sea It washed away my shadow, burnt a hole in me But the ghetto side will nature lie and mend my soul. Sometime again. The big wheel keeps on turning on a simple line. Struggle while another relaxes. 